the finding among the papers is how to find in the magazines. It doesn't matter what show you tune in, it's how to find on TV screen, but it's on tone radio. Truth is on tone radio. I'm Alan Watt, filling in for John Stadmiller on the 11th of July 2008. I'll also be on after, an hour after, I finish up here on CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And I always start off my shows by advising people to go into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website and looking through all of the many shows I've done in the past, tying up all the loose ends of the histories and the organizations that control the past, the present, and if they get their way, they'll pull off a brand new stunt for the New World Order that they've had in the making for a long time. So go into the website and you'll find lots of histories on this particular agenda. And you can also look into cutting uh, Alan Watts Sentinel.eu for transcripts which you can download in the various tongues of Europe. And isn't it amazing the, the speed of transition from one system to the next since 9-11 happened in 2001? And for most people in the world who do float through their lives, they, they're not conscious generally, they think that the media must be telling the truth, that circumstances outside of politicians' control and government's control just happen to have set us on a path where we must lose all our freedoms in order to have security. But see, the big lie is, is just that, because it's your freedom that gives you security. And I don't think people have thought that through at all. It's the only safeguard you have to give you security is freedom. When you have no freedoms, you have no security because you have no rights. And this technique of creating terrorism to quell the people into compliance into a new system is ancient. The ancient Roman tyrants used it all the time. And standing armies were always turned upon their own people. That's why they had a big debate about standing armies when they formed the United States after the Revolutionary War. They got around that by forming the Marine Corps. It was still a military, but technically it belonged to the Navy. That was the big mistake. And right after 9-11 happened, every media on the planet the very next day went into action asking the man and woman in the streets, would you give up your rights for and your freedoms for security? That doesn't happen by chance. Why was that the main question asked across the whole planet? It's because we've been global for quite some time with a quiet shadow government, a parallel government, as Professor Carl quickly talked about, that he knew had been on the go since the beginning of the 1900s. And it took years and years of bureaucratic back and forth to other countries to sign agreements to create the conditions necessary to 
bring them all in on the same anti-terrorism bills and acts and security measures at the same time, right after 9-11. Bureaucracies do not work quickly. It takes years in preparation for them to get anything done, never mind when it takes international cooperation so they're all on board and they come out at the same time with the same bills. Nothing happens by chance. Nothing. And I'm going to explain more of this after this following break. You're listening to the National Intel Report with your host, John Statmiller. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, filling in for John Statmiller. And I think there's a, quite a bunch of people going off to some big march in Washington. I think that's the reason that John's not here. And, uh, in fact, I'm at the loop this last few days, so I'm not really sure what it's really all about and how many people are turning up at it but I'm sure it'll be quite some fun as I was saying we have to start to get out this linear way of thinking that we've been trained into where we think that things evolve daily and politicians deal with problems that just crop up like weeds that come up through the grass as they, as they happen and deal with it for us it isn't until you go into the history books that you see that everything literally is planned way ahead of time by big foundations, big international meetings. And when you go into the books of communism, where so much of this was written, and remembering too that the evidence that communism was a creation of the West, it certainly was funded into existence by Western powers and Western banks and Western aid. And kept alive during its whole existence by the West. It isn't until you go into their books where they, they talked about their sciences of communism and their theories. And you find speeches by Lenin and Stalin and others, but Lenin said that communism would probably last about 70 years and then it would blend with the West and out of it would come a new system, not quite capitalist, not quite communist, it's the new, ordered, the socialist system. And what is socialism? Like so many things, it has different meanings to different groups. Just like communism had a different meaning to the three tiers of groups in the Soviet Union. The Politburo were given the real agenda. Uh, the lower bureaucracies were given a different meaning. And the man in the street was given, we're all in it together, it's to better us all. That's how things are done. And socialism is done the same way in the West. We know, for instance, that those who controlled and ran socialism ran it from the Fabian Society, set up by multi-millionaires, such as the Astors in England. And they took on board prominent authors. Authors helped sway the minds of people. That's what writers are for. Today, movies and so on have taken over because we're programmed through fiction. 
socialism talked about the planned society. We've all heard, heard of planned parenthood, the organization set up by the Nazi and communist and eugenicist Margaret Sanger. Well, we're going into the planned society for the world. And it's a eugenics society where even in the late 1700s, those who were financing the Industrial Revolution in Europe were talking about a post-Industrial Revolution where there'd be too many useless eaters. And they'd have to start culling them off, either through wars or other means. They even discussed in the 1800s right into the 1950s using the needle inoculations, the needle they called it to create crippling diseases and compliant societies. Bertrand Russell used that term. But meanwhile the mainstream media, whose job it is being an essential arm of government control keep people running around with trivia and things of no real import in their lives. It was decided back in the 60s to bombard the public with a surrealistic media, including the news, where sports and Hollywood and celebrities would be mixed in with tragedies and wars and starvations across the world until nothing is real anymore. It's all mixed together in an almost fantasia, a dreamlike state. And it's hard then to come away after watching people starving somewhere and crawling around on the ground as they die, mixed in with some bimbo in Hollywood who's just had a recent affair or the latest boob implant or something like that. You don't come away with the import of the topic is mixed up with all this incredible fantasy. This psychological warfare, which is used on the public, used to during the Vietnam era, where people would come home from work and gradually be accustomed and acclimatized to eating their dinner or watching people getting blown up and napalmed on television until it became regular fare, as we all became desensitized. But more than that, those that planned this new world order, it was to kick off in 2001 had to being long term planners as they are they had to raise a whole generation of children up into adulthood with a different type of culture with a different world view with morals given to them by the state instead of the parents and they gave them the most debased society becoming more and more and more debased with their music, their dress codes, the me-type generation, egocentric behavior. Because people who have no moral codes scream out for it, especially children. Hitler knew this. The Young Communist League knew this too. Children who don't have codes and rules and morals to follow will gladly come into armies where they do give them those very things. That's why the Young Communist League and the Hitler Youth flourished. As those same organizations using psychologists were telling their parents, don't scold your children, etc. That's still used today. People who are not bond to 
together. There's no binding there. There's no bond in society. Our easy prey to be manipulated until we have a whole society where the government can literally bypass everyone around you and come right down and speak to you and no one, no family member will stand up in their way or help you. A generation was grown up with video games, video games which is admitted by the military were designed for the military to desensitize soldiers from killing. It's not a natural thing for the average person to, to join the military and actually go and kill someone just like that. They found out during the American Civil War, after the biggest battles, and yes, the tests and the, the, the surveys were going on even then, that in the battlefield, only about 15% of those who were dead on the field had actually fired their muskets. Video games took over from human targets, human paper targets. Video games were much, much better, especially when you get it into the minds of the young to act automatically as a game. And you go in and kill the enemies with no consequences, no reprisals coming back from society. And when you go into the real combat zones, you act the same way. There he is, bang, he's dead. So the whole generation were raised and given an, an amoralistic type of culture where anything goes. They were told there are no values. Values are constantly shifting according to the needs of society of the day. It's called moral relativism. We see the outcome everywhere in society. But these people do go into the military and do their job very well. Raised on purpose for a war that would come down the road in 20 odd years, which is here now. That's planning. And nothing evolves in this culture or this society by itself. People always harp on about Adam Weishaupt as though he was the creator of a system that started this esoteric movement towards global government and the domination of a few over the many. And nothing is further from the truth. He was only one member of one particular branch who had a, a very loud mouth and took the heat for all the rest of them. He was arrogant enough, being a good little psychopath, to admit the ambitions of the organization. But he did say something very interesting. He said, through the creations of philanthropy and the foundations, in other words, what we think of as charitable institutions, they would guide the whole of society into this new system. And that's what we have. People think of democracy as a rule by the mob. That never ex existed either. Democracy is chosen by those who rule the world, who really rule the world, not just govern it, but rule it. Democracy was chosen because the masses will always vote the way they are directed. But within democracy, if you look into the meanings and the definition of democracy, the Western world, the Western countries will say, that it's ruled by the majority for the good of
of the many is the most good for the most people. But they see giving particular attention to minority groups. Within minority groups come the foundations. Multi-billion dollar foundations like the Rockefeller Foundation, the Carnegie Foundation, the Ford Foundation, the Guggenheimer Foundation. All of these foundations which, which work together and often have the same board members at the top. Back with more of this after the following messages. Huxley and Julian Huxley 
and he was the best friend of Charles Darwin. He set up what was called the Red Tie School, where certain recruits would be brought in with special gifts, gifts of writing fact into fiction in a form of predictive programming, which would captivate the readers, leave implanted imprints in their memories on certain topics, and they would actually act out these topics throughout their lives. They would look towards this world with glee, in fact. They'd wanted to come into being the way it was presented and painted to them. That is predictive programming. And everybody who attended that particular school run by this man who was dedicated to eugenics and the Darwinian concept of survival of the fittest. Everyone who went became a famous author. Well-funded doors opened and they had teams of writing staff working for them. These weren't little fellows working with a candle and an idea in a form of science fiction milieu. They had all the data given to them all they had to do was write a fascinating story to captivate the mind. That still goes on today, by the way. And most big authors in that, that league are members of the Futurist Society. And they're picked out to, to play with the minds of the young, entice them into wanting this brave new world where everything's supposed to be very exciting. Never telling the truth. And Wells and many of the rest of them were members of, again, the Fabian Society. The Fabian Society has a window, famous window, where the founders in stained glass are imprinted, hammering the world over an anvil, hammering it into shape. Think about that, hammering it into shape. And the ancient occult systems run by ancient aristocracies which also had no problem in the eugenic sphere. They talked openly about superior types and inferior types. They called themselves gods in ancient times. And all aristocracies said they were descended from the gods. And you should ask, what is a god? A god is someone who has ultimate power over life and death of others. A god is someone who says, this is how it's going to be, and it is, or else. And the Greek philosophers talked about themselves as being descended from the gods. It, it helps the ego, it gives you credence in a society of mortal people. And that also transpired into the Roman system. The Romans were just poor copiers because the Greek aristocracy did not perish when Greece went down. They were moving over a few generations into this new place they were building up called Rome. And Rome, really, the elite of Rome, down through the ages, was still run by the same Greeks, who talk Greek, by the way, in their own little circles, not the Roman language. Back with more after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
tuned in to the National Intel Report, the real talk radio show. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, filling in for John Stadmiller, who's off, I think, to the, the Washington March that's going on this weekend. And before the break, I was mentioning how the ancient elites, just to validate themselves, of course, over the peasantry, but always claimed to be descended from the gods. Very impressive, of course, if you keep an ultra population in the dark and you tell them fantastic stories until after a few generations they come to believe you and treat you like deities and gods. And it's not much different than today. Those who rule in this system are technically psychopathic by nature. They're not only psychopathic by nature, they're inbred psychopaths who've run a system down through the ages of owning commerce and money. Money itself being a, a strange creation altogether. It came between people who would barter. It was the third element. And very quickly, the one who introduced the money became dominant over the two people who did the bartering. And eventually, he owned their supplies of that which they bartered with. And they became merchant bankers. Merchant bankers go all the way back to the Phoenicians. Lots of documentation has been done on the Phoenicians where they made deals with certain little countries to go to war with other countries, countries that wouldn't let the Phoenicians come in to trade. And the Phoenicians had a form of free trade system set up on those countries they already dominated. And wherever they went, they brought the same coinage with them. It didn't matter whose head was stamped on it as long as it was the same weight and the same purity. They also would demand that captured soldiers in the wars that they would finance be turned over to them for slaves. And they used them to work their gold mines, some as far away as the Ural Mountains. They were everywhere, these people. And they also ran the trade routes. For centuries, they brought tin in from Cornwall in England in through the Mediterranean. And tin was used to mix with copper to make bronze for the weapons. And they owned the plants that made the weapons of ancient times too. And yet, they kept it secret. All these sources of their goods and minerals were kept secret from everybody else, not every other trader, for centuries because they had a form of brotherhood, fraternity, sworn to secrecy. All down through the ages, we've found the same system fomenting wars, creating what's called alliances, creating empires out of war, until today they've achieved a goal pretty well of a world system which had to come in their view, since after all that was always their goal. And they did a lot of planning to bring in this world system. It wasn't just going to be some happenstance thrown together system that would develop by itself. It has to be planned. Because if you're a dominant minority, you want to make sure you're always going to be the dominant minority. And so will your children. They will take over. You live. They live through their posterity. 
and they wanted a planned society. The age of consumerism is going down the tubes as it was intended to go. China was set up to be the manufacturer for the whole world, good old communist China. And most people alive today lived through it because most of the factories were going over to China in the very late 80s, but all through the 90s. That isn't ancient history. And since most people are never conscious, it is adapted to stuff made in China appearing on the shelves and didn't give it a thought. That's the average person. It's a sad comment to, to make, but it's true. The average person is well understood by people like Zygmunt Brzezinski, who said that shortly the public will be unable to reason for themselves. They allow the media to do it for them. They've been trained that way, you see. And if the media doesn't say, stop, think about this, then the public won't. They won't do it for themselves. They truly believe the media is an extension of their own brain, a survival mechanism that will warn them of anything or any danger approaching them. That's why they can be guided through massive changes and never know what's really happening and be fooled over and over and over again. A poll was done in Canada for the States, the United States, during the, it's wrong to say, the war on Iraq. It was a walkthrough. And this was after the inquiry on Iraq, the war on Iraq, where Mr. Bush appeared on national televisions everywhere, stating that Saddam Hussein had nothing to do with 9-11, and that Mr. Bush had never said so. In fact, what he said was, he says, I just said that the man was a very bad man, and the world was far better off without him. That was his validation for the war on Iraq. Now you should think about that, because if he was telling the truth there, which he wasn't, again, it's another deception, then if one man in a coterie behind him can take whole nations to war because they don't like someone, we're in big trouble. Where's the rule of law here? But really he was covering up the fact that the big oil refineries, which are really one big company, one big cartel is really one big company, the big trading stocks are not sold to the public. There are two kinds of trading stocks, always remember. And those who control the real ones, the controlling ones, control the company. And that's why your gas is the same price everywhere you go, and pretty well has been all your life. It was so that the, that the old refineries would be destroyed. That was in the newspapers in Canada at the time. And the U.S. taxpayer and the Western taxpayer would build brand new ones for this cartel of oil refineries who are now all back there. You know, all the, all the, big, the biggies now, you can pick up their map and you'll see them where they're situated, given brand new refineries, ultra-modern ones, courtesy of you. Plunder goes on, as always. But a poll was taken, as I say, after this, and they found that only two months of propaganda by the media had reconvinced the public that Saddam Hussein was the sole cause of 9-11, after Mr. Bush admitted it wasn't. 
there is a power of the press with repetition. Sad comment to make. Now, think about it. When that can be done on a whole society, what cannot be done on that society? We're living through this other scam of global warming, a scam well documented in a book put out by the guys who invented the idea, the Club of Rome. The two founders in the book called the First Global Revolution state quite clearly, because they love to boast being good psychopaths, that they tried to find a way to unite the whole planet under an obedient system, and they found that only in wartime situations did the people obey and sacrifice right down to the, to the home and what you eat and everything else through rations. So war was necessary, but war on what in a global system? And they said, we hit upon the idea of blaming humankind for causing global warming. They said, that would fit the bill. That would fit the bill. And from this big premier think tank, the Club of Rome, the idea was put out to the other think tanks, the ones that work it into being. The ones who distribute funding through foundations to schools and universities and lesser media. They convince the public gradually over time, we've had 30 years of this gradual preparation, that we are causing incredible global changes. And therefore, we must change our entire way of living. Entire means entire way of living to save the planet. It means you're going to be brought up in the eugenicist dream. Strange how it falls into the same old agenda where you can't pick your own mate. That will be taboo. Not that many do today because, as Bertrand Russell said, if we encourage children to have pre-pubertal sex after all the studying that he'd done in these experimental schools, it's very unlikely it ever bond with anyone for life. And most people think we're just going through space on this whole planet Earth with things happening willy-nilly by circumstance. The big magic act is incredible because every facet of culture has been designed for you and it's upgraded just like you upgrade a computer program to suit what's coming next. Even Plato in the Republic, a book which must be studied if you want to know the agenda, something written 2,300 years ago by someone who was a member of the aristocracy descended from the gods, as he liked to say, with a, a chuckle, of course, he had some sense of humor, who studied in Egypt and who studied in the Levant. And his third place he went to was India. Yep, ancient India even then. Had its mystery schools where they taught them the mystery of the world, meaning the sciences, but mainly the sciences of how you control vast amounts of people through what we call today psychology and behavioral psychology. 
And Plato laid out the system for the world that would be their utopia. A system that's coming into being now, where he even talked about in the ideal world they'll create new types of humans to serve this elite, this guardian class, all the better. He thought that they could do it by selective breeding, intense interbreeding to create perfect laborers for a particular task, different sizes of humans and so on, and also to drill out of the people any aggressivity they might have, make them docile, placid, well-behaved and good workers. He didn't come up with the idea of genetic engineering. But outside of genetic engineering, that's the only difference to achieve the end that he talked about. He talked about the guardian class, the guardians who would be the rulers of the world and how they would be a select group and how they'd have a helping class as well which they draw from the lessers he called the common people the it's something the elites don't do today when they're sipping their brandy in their backroom boardroom meetings and also he talked about bringing a military into view eventually which would be comprised of male and female and through that military he hoped in certain interbreeding between both they could create a military class separate from the people. A true bonded fraternity uh, that would, would be separate from society in order to dominate society with brutal force and no conscience. What's that got to do with today? Well, we're living through the preparations of all of this. We have the army who's been given a debased culture era to grow up in. Their paymaster is their boss. Because they have no bonding in society, even from their parents, if they have two, very, very few do. And they crave bonding all the more. That's what happens when you don't have the two-parent family. The children crave the bonding. That's what they'll join a gang or the military. And the military knows this. And they become their father and their brother and they take care of each other but because of the debased culture and their conditioning to deprogram them or to at least desensitize them to killing their ideal soldiers for the task at hand today as they finish off the standardization of the world the Middle East is the last place to be standardized into this wonderful democratic system as they call it in order to be run by world government. Theocratic societies had to be obliterated. The existing religions were to be obliterated. Written about in the 17, 18, and 1900s, 20th, 20th century, right up to date. Same target, same goals. Because they could not have people with a conscience obeying what they thought might be their deity when it came to or disobeying their deity when it came to obeying a law from government. Therefore, religion had to be done away with. If the government passes laws which are immoral to you, if you follow your religion, then you're not going to have a conflict. They don't want conflicts. 
And when the Waco church was selected for a grand demonstration to the world of being burned to the ground with the people in it, a holocaust, you see, the burnt offering, that was to shock and awe the public. And it was a message to everything to do with America that the old rights are over. The old rights are over. That's what it was done for. And when they were burning it to the ground, you could see the B-A-T-F hoodlums bowing to the flames. And you think there's no secret fraternities rampant in the world today. What I'm I'm giving you is not a pretty picture. See, most people really want the world to stop where it is right now and just not get any worse. That's what people will really, really tell you. That's what I want. Let me die. Let me retire. Live my life and die. And then I don't really care what happens. And that's how I've got to this stage. Every previous generation have left it to the next ones, the young ones, to take the brunt of what's to come. And it's time to stop it now. Back with more after this break. Stadmiller for the next hour to come as well talking about the realities of this world and you have to face the bad news before you can get down to business you can't live in denial and people have to stop thinking that they are more important than everyone else including the children that still should be able to come on this world and take over and live their lives as well you can't Keep putting off the debt to the next generation so that you can live well yourselves. It's not fair, it's it's not right, and it's not giving them the chance that we as human beings should be giving them. And we were dumped upon too, this generation. My My own generation was dumped upon by the previous generations. One generation was given what they thought were the good times, lots of work, plenty over time, lots of products to buy, even working people could afford a little boat or something and tow it behind the car and go off to a lake and that kind of stuff. And those days are now gone. The ones coming up now see no future for themselves. They're told they have no future for themselves. And you know something? Most of the adults don't care. When you don't care, the whole society is gone. To regain a society, you can't regain it. You must create a new society with the real values, the values to sustain life and keep you all alive in the process. Life has been devalued. And, of course, it's been the point of many debates. People get emotionally involved and headed up and into arguments over things like abortion, 
But that's not the issue. Abortion was meant to get it into your head that you're just another animal. That was the real purpose of it. Because once you accept that, they can then go to the next step of saying who should be born, who should be eliminated. And remember, they've said that in the United Nations for this new, brave new Agenda 21, society where everyone will serve the world or the state, uh, that you won't be born if they don't need you. And now they go to the other spectrum, the elderly, and you bring in euthanasia. And then you go to the next step and you start selling parts of bodies all over the planet just to further debase you and debase you under the guise of helping people to stay alive. We live in the biggest butcher shop the world has ever seen. And it hides under the white spotless clothes of science. But back doors it's spattered with blood. And we think this is all quite normal. When a baby's spine fetches $5,000 on the internet towards some scientific society that wants to use it in experiments. So they can find some trick to help very elderly ladies who are stinking rich look a little bit younger and so on. And we think we're civilized. We have to find what true morality is or it's all over. And the elite are well aware of that since they brought us into this stage of degeneracy. I'll be back with more after this break. Take America back We must take 